Well, hello, everyone. I am Daniel Morgan of Go Ye Harvest Outreach Ministry. Thanks again for watching this video recording. Today's message is on prayer and pray. Before we get into the message, let me just open with a, a word of prayer. Father God, thank you for your love, your grace, and your mercies, which are renewed to us each and every day. Thank you for this opportunity to bring the word to your people. Father God, I pray that your servant will say what you will have me to say, Father God. I pray that these words will speak, Father God, to someone's heart, Father God, that it will help them to grow in their praying. And Father God, that it will also, Father God, encourage those who may not be praying as they ought. We thank you. We love you. We give you praise. For it is in that wonderful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, that we pray. Amen. Well, once again, brothers and sisters, I am just delighted to be able to bring you a word that I believe uh, would be useful and helpful uh, in your prayer life. I uh, had this presentation or discussion with a number of young adults from the church that I attend about a year and a half or so ago. And I was just asking the Lord, what uh, would be the next sermon that you would have me to speak on? And this particular one about prayer came to mind. So people of God and for others who may be watching, what is prayer and why do we pray? To whom are we to pray? When do we pray? Where do we pray? What is our attitude when we pray? What do we ask for in our prayers? And how do we approach a holy God in our prayers? This sermon on prayer is intended to help some understand prayer and to encourage others to grow in their prayer life in humbleness and meekness with perseverance so that you will utilize prayer to a greater degree, just as God designed and intended for prayer to be in our lives. You know, brothers and sisters, sometimes we pray and our prayers are answered. And other times we pray and it seems that God is not listening. Our prayers are not being answered and we don't know why. But brothers and sisters, let's take heart in knowing that God hears all of our prayers. And if our prayers are not answered readily or right away, or in what we may think of as in due time, just remember what the word of God says, that God is not slow in keeping his promises as we may think he is slow. For remember, my brothers and sisters, that with God, a thousand years is but a day. And so God knows what's best for us, and he also knows the best time to answer our prayers. And one thing we can be sure of is that he hears the prayers of his people. You know, sometimes we pray and we may get an immediate response of yes. We may have to wait a little while. And sometimes God's response is actually no. But how do you know what to pray for and when to pray and what to go to God for? You know, in Matthew chapter 6, uh, Jesus' disciple asked him what to pray for and how they to pray. And Jesus told his disciples that this is how you ought to pray. And many of you know this. We call it the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed will be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You know, the Lord's Prayer is also a great example of how we should pray. You see, the Lord's Prayer teaches us what prayer is, why we should pray, to whom should we pray, when and where are we to pray, how do we approach God in prayer? Is there a wrong way to pray? How do we pray and what do we ask for in prayer? And then why do we struggle with prayer? So if you were to go to the book of Matthew, chapter 6, and read that in, entire chapter, all the things that I'm going to be talking about, for the most part, in principle, are found there. Of course, as I love to say, I love God's word and his word is full of so much information for us. And so I'll be using a lot of scripture because I believe that when we are teaching or preaching or sharing the word of God, we should ensure that what we're saying is grounded in scripture. You see, the Lord's prayer includes relationship, praise, forgiveness, supplication, dependence, thanksgiving, and agreement. We must be persistent in our prayers, brothers and sisters. After Jesus gave his disciples this prayer, Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine has come a long ways and I have no food for him. And suppose the one inside that is you, you answer to your friend, don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children and I are already in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. Jesus goes on to say, I tell you, even though he would not get up to give you bread because of your friendship, he will get up because of your shameful audacity. You won't stop bothering him. So your friend will get up just so that you will leave him alone. And Jesus goes on to say, so I say to you, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. You see, in this parable of the neighbor, the friend eventually agrees to help his neighbor due to the persistent demand from his neighbor, rather than because they are friends. And then in like manner, we are to be persistent in our prayers to God. So then, what is prayer? Prayer, my brothers and sisters, and many of you already know this, but prayer is simply talking to God, our Heavenly Father. It is a communication process that allows us to talk to God because God wants us to pray and talk with him. Prayer is one of the most important elements for us as believers in our walk with God as Christians. Prayer is part of our fellowship with our Heavenly Father. And while to many people prayer may seem complicated, it really isn't. It's not complicated to talk to someone whom you love, and it's easy to talk to that person when that person loves you unconditionally. You know, since I surrendered, I mean totally surrendered my life to God, 
I look forward to praying. Sometimes, even though I pray during the day, I can't wait to get to our Heavenly Father in my evening prayers. And when I wake up in the morning, if I don't pray right away, I feel convicted. But I need to say I wasn't all this way, always this way. It was the Holy Spirit that really indwelled my life completely once I totally surrendered. And brothers and sisters, I assure you, if you continue to be persistent in praying and sincerely want to draw closer to God, you will find that there's no moments like when you're in prayer with our Father. As you know, there are many scriptures in the Bible about prayer, and we can learn an abundance, a tremendous amount of information about the aspects, the different aspects of prayer from reading the scriptures. And of course, there are different kinds of prayers, such as making known to God our Heavenly Father our needs and desires in the forms of requests and supplications, or thanksgiving and praise, worship and devotion to our God. You see, the scriptures teach that we are born, the scripture teaches that as born again believers in the church of God, we can pray with the understanding as well as pray in the spirit. Examples of prayer is, of course, the prayer of Jabez that many may know about. You can find that in 1 Chronicles chapter 4, the Lord's Prayer, which I read earlier and we're going to come back to. You have Jonah's prayer for salvation over in Jonah chapter 2. David prayed for deliverance. David also prayed for forgiveness, and he prayed a prayer of confession. And then Hannah gave that prayer of praise in 1 Samuel. And then Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane just before he is arrested, and we'll be reading that prayer later on. So now, brothers and sisters, why do we pray? Why is it important that we pray. Well, Matthew chapter 6 in verse 8, we're told by Jesus, for your father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. If God knows our thoughts and what we would do or what we would pray for, why then should we pray? Can we get God to change his mind through praying? You see, the fact is that God already knows everything that we need, and he knows our thoughts even before we bring them forward. Before we even say them, God already knows our thoughts. You see, our God is a loving God, and he grants us the freedom, the choice to come to him in prayer. And this includes God leaving it up to each and every individual to decide for ourselves what measure will we like for God to be involved in our lives, to help us. You see, our God gives us freedom, and he will not force himself or his blessings on any of us. Yes, there are, there are things that happen in the normal course of life, and God gives people talents and skills, and, and many people may seem to be blessed and just have so much. But in the long run, having material things and stuff is not what life is about. You know, think of all the famous and very rich and powerful people. We just lost a very prominent uh, basketball player. But regardless of all the wealth that we attain, we can't take one penny of what we have with us. And so the question at the end of the day is, do we have a relationship with God the Father? Have we come to him as we're told in Romans to confess with our mouths and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and he is with God the Father, that he is our Savior? You see, God pours out his blessings upon us once we open the doors for him 
through our prayers. Therefore, brothers and sisters, it is necessary that we pray to him and that we ask him when we need something. An important principle about prayer is God knows his plans for our lives. Even when he does reveal his plan to us, he expects us to pray over that plan. The scripture says, if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for according to 1 John chapter 5. But now, brothers, as we go through uh, these scriptures, brothers and sisters, I need you to remember that the scripture says, whatever we ask for, according to his will. So just remember, it is according to the will of God for our lives that he answers prayers. And also, he will only answer prayers if it's to glorify him or to accomplish his will. So just remember that. We may be praying sometimes for things that may not be in God's will. And if it's, if it is, and if it's not in his will, then why would he want to give that to us? So it's important that not only that you pray, but when you pray, you learn how to hear God. And remember that God talks us through his revealed word. He talks through us in our spirit, through the Holy Spirit. And he also sometimes speaks to us through situations and other people. Prayer, my brothers and sisters, is not to get God to change his will. You see, Jesus prayed himself. And they say that when Jesus prayed this prayer, the sweat from Jesus came down off of his body like blood drops. And Jesus prayed, Father, not my will, but yours. He taught his disciples, he taught his disciples to pray in this manner, not my will, but yours. We learn from scriptures the kinds of prayers that are pleasing to God and which prayers are in harmony with God's will. If we really believe the will of God is perfect, then why would we want God to change it? Our prayers really ought to be prompted out of our deep understanding of what God's will is for our lives. There are people who go to God in prayer, not asking God about what God's will is, but what is it that they can get from God? How can I get God to help me do whatever it is that you want done instead of asking God, praying that he will do for you according to his will? So prayer is not getting God to adjust his program or his will to what we want. It is, it is adjusting our lives to the will of God. When we pray honestly and sincerely, brothers and sisters, the desire to know and to do the will of God in our lives, it isn't God who changes, it is us. You see, when I completely humble myself and submit it to God, God revealed to me what it was he wanted me to do. But it took me several decades to get to that point. But when I finally did, oh, he gave me a heart and a mind that was consumed with his desire to do what he had planned for me to do. And I now gauge my life, brothers and sisters, not by a career, but by how well am I doing the work that God has called me to do. It's what I'm doing pleasing and acceptable to him. You see, in fact, I left my job from the Department of Defense Inspector General Agency in Washington, D.C., not because I really wanted to. I left two years early before my 62nd birthday. 
But I left because after praying and fasting, God spoke to me like he had never spoken to me before. And he revealed to me exactly what he wanted me to do. And then he revealed to me that he had been patiently waiting on me for literally 40 years. Since I was 20 years old, a student at Mercer University, when I prayed the first time saying, Lord, be patient with me. And then finally, after almost 40 years, the Lord said, how long do I have to be patient with you? I have been patient with you for 40 years. At that moment, at that moment in prayer, after those seven days of fasting, I knew it was time for me to be about the will of God. And he himself told me, you know, it's amazing that when God has something for us to do, he prepares us to do that work. And I'm so thankful that God did that in my life. And then the greatest part of this story is I have unspeakable joy. The joy of the Lord is my salvation. And I can truly say I have the peace, the peace of our God that comes through Jesus Christ because Jesus said, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world give it, but my peace I give unto you. So brothers and sisters, I pray that you just continue to seek God and seek him in prayer until you have that relationship with God the Father because he wants to have that relationship with every one of us. Brothers and sisters, our prayers are not only motivated by the word and measured by his will, but it is also manifested in our walk with God. Why do we pray? We pray because we're commanded to pray. Consider these verses of scripture. Jeremiah chapter 43, Jeremiah chapter 42, verse 3 says, Pray that the Lord our God will tell us where we should go and what we should do. We are praying that we would know the will of God and that he would tell us where should we go and what should we do. Now, brothers and sisters, don't confuse this now. This does not mean we need to ask God to do those things that are simple and common sense. Lord, should I go to work today? Lord, should I eat today? Lord, should I go outside today? This has to do with the will of God. For instance, in my case, since God has called me to the ministry, I'm constantly saying, Lord, am I in your will? What would you have us to go to do our outreach ministry for the street services? What college campus would you want us to take this ministry to? Who would you have me to call today to share a word of encouragement with? Those are the things that, that we're talking about here. And Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 12 says, Then you will call on me, and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. And then I also, over in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Brothers and sisters, if we ask according to his will, he hears us. And then James says that, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Again, we bring all kinds of prayers and requests and supplications to God. And then Ephesians says, we pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And then consider Mark chapter 11. Therefore, I tell you, this is Jesus talking. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. Again, whatever you ask in prayer, according to the will of God, believe it and you will receive it. Again, brothers and sisters, remember, it may not happen when you want to, but it'll happen just in time and on time because our God is what? 
and on-time God. Amen and praise the Lord. You know, there's a very famous saying that uh, I like uh, by a Catherine Marshall. And it says, God insists that we ask, not because he needs to know our situation, but because we need the spiritual discipline of asking. Then, my brothers, to whom do we pray? You know, the words of Jesus in the Lord's Prayer make it clear that we're to pray solely to God, who is our Father. Our God is our Heavenly Father, and we pray to Him. Our prayers are directed to Him, God. Our attention is focused on Him, and the eyes of our heart look to God the Father. We direct our prayers to God as our Heavenly Father, and he will reward us openly. He is the one who answers our prayers and who cares for us and grants us what we need. We only pray to our Father who is in heaven. We pray to God. You know, even Jesus, Jesus was the Son of God, one with God, but even Jesus directed his prayers to God. And brothers and sisters, nowhere else in the Bible does it tell us to pray to anyone else other than God the Father. All prayers are to be directed to God the Father in the name of Jesus and by the Holy Spirit. We pray in the same manner as Jesus did, only to God our Heavenly Father, and we do it in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, whom we have confessed as Lord. You know, consider what is said over in Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through, through whom? Christ Jesus. And then Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 23, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. So we pray to God the Father according to the will of God in the name of Jesus so that God will hear our prayers and answer our prayers. And then don't forget that Jesus said, now this is what Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by or through me. So, yes, we're going to pray to God the Father, but we're going to pray in the name of Jesus. So, brothers and sisters, when and where do we pray? We talked about what prayer is. We talked about why we should pray. We talked about to whom we are to pray. So, when and where are we to pray? You know, one of the greatest truths of the Bible is that God not only exists, but God actually wants to have a personal relationship with us, his people. Prayer is one of the ways God has given us to strengthen our relationship with him. Prayer is not a burden or obligation. As I said earlier, I used to skip praying and I would get in bed and pray as I'm going off to sleep and get up in the morning and say a silent prayer and run off to do what I, what I had to do. But now that I've gotten so much closer to our Lord, I've got to understand so much about prayer. I, I can't wait to actually come to the Father on my knees and in his arms in the mornings uh, and in the evenings. 
It is not an obligation. It is not a burden. It's something that I look forward to because prayer is really a privilege. It's a privilege that the God who created the entire universe has given to us and wants to welcome us into his presence with prayer. If Jesus felt the need to pray, brothers and sisters, how much more should we pray? You know, prayer is possible because God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, into the world to tear down that barrier that existed between us and God, a holy God, that barrier known as sin. You see, because of Christ's death and resurrection for us, the Bible says we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And you will find that over in Romans chapter 5. God the Father wants to talk with us through our prayers. He wants us to talk with him through our prayers. And brothers and sisters, I would say, please, if you're not already doing it, set aside time each day to pray every day. It doesn't have to be long-winded prayers. And we're going to talk about some of the things that you should have in your prayers that pretty much parallel what Jesus did in the Lord's Prayer, but, but set, aside every time, uh, set aside time every day to pray. And then learn how to pray throughout the day. Remember the word says with all kinds of prayers, uh, requests, and supplications to make them known to God. Scripture tells us in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, we are to present our request to God. You know, we pray alone in private. Yes, sometimes we have corporate prayer. But the best part about prayer is when we pray alone by ourselves to our Heavenly Father. Because you see, when you continue in chapter 6 of Matthew in verse 6, Jesus told his disciples, When you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. You know, the prophet Daniel not only prayed frequently, but he prayed fervently. Matter of fact, Daniel was so committed to prayer that he was faithful in praying three times a day. And brothers and sisters, uh, actually, First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, 17 through 18, we shall pray continually and without ceasing. We are to give thanks in all circumstances, praying continually and without ceasing. Now, what does this mean, brothers and sisters? Naturally, this does not mean that we're to walk around all day praying and muttering under our breath, under our breath, even as we're going through our daily work and tasks. But we do pray continually. And by this, let me give an example. You wake up in the morning and you become conscious or you're surrounded. The first thing you do is you say, Lord, I thank you for this day. And you pray a silent prayer. Or you may be like many prayer warriors. You actually get up out of your bed and you go and get on your knees and pray before you start your day. As you're getting dressed, for the day to go to work or whatever it is you got to do. Uh, something comes across your mind and you pray about it. As you're driving to work, again, something comes across your mind or you see something or you see someone uh, who may be in need of something, a homeless someone, and you pray for that person. You, you get to work and you're confronted with a couple of situations throughout the day. You just pray silently, Lord Jesus, just help me. Give me what to say. Show me how to do this. Let your Holy Spirit be with me. Give me strength as I do this briefing, or whatever it is that you do throughout the day. As you get back home, you're driving home, you pull into the driveway. Lord, I thank you for journey's mercy today. I don't take your mercies for granted. Thank you for letting me go safely to work. Or wherever it is you just came from, you're thanking God for his protection 
And then you get in the house and you're going to have your evening meal. You thank God for your food, the provision he's provided for you. And then later on in the evening, you may be watching some program that causes you to think about something. You pray about it. And then before you go to bed, uh, you say a, a prayer again. You know, that's what we mean when we say pray continually and without ceasing. You know, Jesus gave a very good parable about persistent praying in Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. And let me read that. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea. Grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or care what people think, yet because of this widow who keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust, the unjust judge says. And will not God our Father bring about justice? For, the, for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? Jesus said, I tell you quickly. He will, Jesus said, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. So we pray in the morning. Psalms 5, 3, Psalm chapter 5, verse 3. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. And wait in expectation. And then, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the, hall, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. We also pray in the afternoon. One day, Peter and John were, were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. as in Acts. Cornelius answered, four days ago, I was in my house praying at this hour at three in the afternoon. Suddenly, a man in shining clothes stood before me, as coming from Acts chapter 10, verse 30. Brothers and sisters, we pray in the evening. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. You find that in Luke chapter 1. And then after Jesus had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. And then, brothers and sisters, Matthew chapter 14. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. I'm sorry, that's Psalm, Psalm 63. On my bed, I remember you. I think of you through the watches of the night. You know, brothers and sisters, our whole life should be a prayer we should walk in constant communion with thy God. And I gave you a number of examples of how we do that. So, brothers and sisters, how are we to approach God in prayer? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let, let's talk about that. We must approach God first and foremost with faith. We must have confidence and belief that God will deliver. It is also absolutely necessary that we have the right attitude when we pray. You see, brothers and sisters, it becomes evident very quickly that in prayer, our outward form are not nearly as important as our heart, the attitude of, the attitude of our heart 
when we pray. The attitude of the heart is the decisive matter when it comes to prayer. You see, the word tells us in Hebrews chapter 11, and without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who honestly seek him. And then because of Christ, because of our faith in him, we can now come fearlessly into God's presence, assured that he welcomes us. And that's found over in Ephesians. And then we're told, brothers and sisters, I, I really love this. So now let us come boldly to the throne of grace of God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it. I just love that. Brothers and sisters, we can come boldly. And, and this used to bother me for a while because of the sin that had been in my life for so long. I didn't feel like I should come boldly. But you notice I said I didn't feel like it, it had nothing to do with what I feel. It has everything to do with what the word of God says. See, because when you don't have boldness, you probably won't have the confidence that you, that you need. And so you're praying and asking God, but not necessarily with the confidence. But you see, once I understood it had nothing to do with me, but the love and the grace of God. And he said that my sins were forgiven. And once he said that my sins were forgiven, he had made me a child, a co-heir. And as a child of God, as a co-heir, I can now come boldly, not because of myself, but because of my relationship with God through Jesus Christ and what he has done for me. So brothers and sisters, we're told to come boldly. And this is being said by the Apostle Paul. And remember now, the Apostle Paul said that I consider myself to be least among the apostles and God's people. And Paul was referring to what he had done. Consider Paul's life before God changed him from Saul to Paul on that road to Damascus. You know, Paul was standing there when, when the disciple, when the apostle Stephen was stoned to death, giving his approval. Paul, as Saul, had got letters from the Jewish rulers to go to another city, Damascus, to persecute the Christians, the believers. But then God met him on that road and struck him down and blinded him. So, so Paul says, because of what Jesus has done for us, by dying on the cross, we can now come boldly before the throne of grace. And it's because of God and his grace and love and mercy for us. And then I also like what, what we're told in James, you know, in James chapter 1, he tells us, if, any, if you lack wisdom, ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubt, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, 